so this is the first time I'm actually getting on here and just having a chat about um, maybe the recent events, but really how do you approach racism? Like how do you talk to it about talk about it with your kids and how do people start to really break down what racism is? I think it's important to um, just have an, a raw and on, honest conversation about um, what people have been saying. And maybe now is just the time that people are willing to listen. So uh, I currently, I am a woman who has been living outside of the country for nine years at this point, And I'm raising two black daughters and a black son, have a black husband. And this is something that has been in our daily lives. Like this is something that we've dealt with from essentially birth. We've always been taught that there is a whole lot of um, unfairness and justice in the world. We grew, we we were raised to understand that. So I guess when the conversations that I will always have and the interactions with my kids will always come from that standpoint. And furthermore, as, as being a person who lives outside of the United States, born and raised in the United States, but now raising children outside the United States, I find myself with a completely different... Uh, perspective and set of challenges that come with that because you know I'm of I'm of the mind where you know you don't trust the police and when you do get pulled over you make sure your hands are very visible these are things that you constantly think of you you go to the store and you're shopping and you're browsing and you may or may not want to buy anything but the day that you don't buy something or the time that you don't buy something, you're walking out the store like, I hope they didn't think I was stealing anything. Like these are the kinds of things that are ingrained. These are the kinds of things that are taught. So the conversations that I have with my children would be different, would be a completely different understanding than teaching them about race because that's what they live you know, that's, that's their experience. But um, I have been recently asked by some friends of mine who are American, but mostly European American or white American. And, you know, what do you say to your, to your kids about race? And like I said before, I mean, I, the conversations I would have are different, but here's what I think I would like people to know, or just in general, like a general understanding that you need to see color. Like there's been this um, idea that because you don't see color, quote unquote, you don't see color, that racism doesn't exist because it doesn't exist within your everyday experience. But if you don't see diversity, how can you appreciate diversity? And I think that's what the, that's the challenge that I feel like we're trying to convey. Like, you have to see me to acknowledge me. I am not 
invisible. I exist. So whenever you see things like that, then you have to, uh, when, you, uh, when you ever hear somebody saying, I don't see color, you almost want to be like, then how do you identify somebody if you're talking to someone, you know, about, oh, this description, he's a, you know, black male, tall, short. It's, it's identifying. It's not something that we need to be ashamed of. So I guess that's, that's the first one. That's one of those things that bug me. Um, another thing that I think it's necessary to teach is that, you know, your circumstances are not because of anything you did. It's mainly because of the opportunities that you were given. So if you come from a well-off family, you had two parents in the home, you were able to go to the right schools, you were uh, whatever the list of advantages you have. They're advantages not necessarily because you did anything, but of the opportunities that you were afforded because of it. So it's hard to um, it's hard to explain to somebody outside their bubble that you have been given things or you have been afforded things that other people just simply don't have. And so since not everybody is on the same playing field, you can't expect everyone to still reach the same levels of success or opportunity as you have. So I think that's the first thing we have to kind of break down is that you you are not... that. If everybody's given the same opportunity, we can expect the same level of results. But if that's not the case, if everybody's not given the opportunity, and this is black, white, whatever, if everyone is not given the same opportunity, if everybody is not given that, then how can you expect everybody in a marginalized group to be able to excel or exceed or reach to the next level? So... That's the, that's the next thing. And I think um, that, that is just a simple fact. You know, educational system is not the same across the country. If the educational system was the same across the country, then we'd be in a better situation. But there's some people who, there's some kids, like my, my cousins in, included, that are going to school currently that don't have books. Like, I mean, what a foreign concept to people that they're literally going to a school that does not provide books. I mean, you can't even imagine it, but it's the reality. They come back with worksheets. They have papers. They, they have um, teachers who are underqualified, tired, whatever the case may be. It's not the same playing field. So when, when you look at it from a perspective outside of yourself, then you can maybe start to understand how the system has been unjust for everyone or has not been just for some people. Um, On another note, I think it's just important to mention that the changes, like it's hard to teach your kids through words. Like you can offer them all the books you can offer them all the TV shows. You can offer them all of these things. But if you are not part of the change, if you are not 
inclusive in your friendships, in your, in your everyday life, then your kids are not learning that. If you do not, if you are afraid to approach certain topics and you are teaching your kids, oh, no, 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 that's taboo, then they're learning that the proper way to respond to things is no, 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 that's taboo. So they're watching you. Our kids are watching us. They're, they, they want to see, okay, so how do you treat people? The way you treat people is going to be how they learn to treat people. If you don't, if you're not, if you're not in, if they don't see diversity in their everyday life, then they get to think diversity is not normal. I mean, and this is, this is what we experience having my family and I having lived in places like China where, you know, the majority of their life has only been Chinese people. They don't, there's not a melting pot like there is in England and and um, in America. Like the idea that you have dark skin, you must only come from one continent, is is what they believe. So like if you're if that's what they're taught, you cannot expect them to automatically say, "Oh, okay, so you are different." You like you can't expect them to embrace diversity if they don't know diversity. So I think that's the first thing. So if we learn anything from, you know, our experiences, just, just by virtue of being, um, being part of a diverse community is education in itself because it gets them curious. Like if you don't, if you, you're never presented with anything different. If you're never presented with, um, ideas of, um, if you're never presented with the opportunity to ask questions about other people's cultures, then why would you ever do that? And you're going to just keep on growing thinking that your bubble is the whole world is the reality. When most of us know that's not the case, at least you at some point get to know that that's not the case, but by then is it too late? Do you have to relearn some things? And I think that's where we are in America right now is people are relearning their realities. Like, wow, have I actually been inside of a bubble for so long? Like, how is it that, you know, I didn't know what's going on? And I'm going to tell you, I think having, having the pandemic come at us the way it did and having us be in a position where we have to stay home, where we have to, um, we can't go to schools, we can't go to restaurants, we have no other distractions. And news is constantly, is 24 hours now. And you're saying, you're, you're, you're in full, full view. There is no hiding what's going on right now. It's completely in front of your face. And now we have to kind of get to the point where I have to acknowledge this. Ignorance is no longer a, an acceptable reaction. Like I actually have to confront what is happening. So I think when we look at it from this perspective, the pandemic has really revealed, and it's been revealing a lot of things. It's been revealing the need for 
our healthcare system to change. It's been revealing the need for poverty in America to be addressed. It's been revealing the need for all these, even the system of education and how, you know, now having to be homeschooled, now you see the disparities in the people who have access to a computer or you have um, who, whatever the case may be, we're seeing the pandemic has revealed so much of what's going on that there's no hiding right now. Like you literally have to face it. And I think um, if you want to say silver lining, the silver lining behind the pandemic is there's a whole awakening. There's a whole necessary awakening that is happening, which is why you see protests like we've never seen before. We see outrage for a system that we never thought was unjust. We have... um, you know, police brutality, which we've been saying is a problem, is on full display on camera. I mean, it's insane that, you know, this is these are the issues that we are now having to be confronted with. And I think I think it allows for the opportunity for people to say, okay, well, I need to reach out to people and find out what's going on. Like how are their experiences so vastly different from my own? And, you know, and it's starting a lot of conversations. And it's even starting the conversations with how do I broach these topics with my kids? So I think, I think this is what I think is good coming out of this. Um, the next thing is, you know, when we had all, I believe like to think that uh, when you see injustice, you're the first one out there saying there's injustice. You, we would all love to believe that there's wrongs in this world and we are on the right side and we are the ones that speak up. However, it has to come from a place of understanding. And if you don't understand what is actually happening with your um, communities and your friends and, you know, all these different things, if you're not coming from that place of understanding, then you are probably less inclined to speak up. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Like, you can't speak up on things that... So you can't speak up on things that you don't understand. And so I think the challenge now for everybody involved, for everyone who considers themselves uh, having values and on the moral high ground, that we need to really get educated. There's a lot thrown at us at this time, and it's a lot to digest. However, we really, really have to get to this place of understanding so that when we see injustices, we recognize injustices, point blank, period. And um, I think I'm going to leave it there for now. I, um, I want this to incite discussion. I want to be able to um, reach out to other people and just kind of like chit chat back and forth and, and see how we can actually turn this awakening into action steps. And I want to kind of end it with something that... Um, that I came across on social media as I was kind of perusing through all the things that were going on. And it was, um, 
it says the author's name is Leslie Dwight. And she said something that kind of summed it up and kind of put a lot of things in perspective because I was really just hating on this whole 2020 idea. Like 2020 has been a disaster and I was harping on that, but this put it into perspective. So I'm going to just read this. What if 2020 isn't canceled? What if 2020 is the year we've been waiting for? A year so uncomfortable, so painful, so scary, so raw that it finally forces us to grow. A year that screams so loud, finally awakening us from our ignorant slumber. A year we finally accept the need for change, declare change, work for change, become the change. A year we finally band together instead of pushing each other apart. 2020 isn't canceled, but rather the most important year of them all. That's by Leslie Dwight. Thank you. We're talking that Kim Blackett.